evening, everybody. It's the two old farts coming at you live. My name is Chuck. I'm looking at better looking at the two old farts. You still believe that, don't you? Hey. Gotta have something, I gotta have something to say. I gotta have something to make me feel good. Yep, you sure do. And I didn't, um, I didn't feel that we well yesterday. So. What's that? So I didn't feel that well yesterday. I don't know. I just had a headache and just kind of didn't feel, you know, you just kind of feel like CHIV. You know? Yeah. Like crap. Yeah. Well, this time of the year and, and also in spring, there's something about the the weather and the change in the atmospheric conditions and whatnot, because I get headaches all the time during this time of the year. So it, it could have been that, could have been dehydration, who knows. Well, I, I get headaches all the time, and it's, it's migraines. They gave me some medicine a couple of different times that actually made me feel worse. Than, you know, so I just rely on my ibuprofen and uh, Tylenol. Well, mostly Tylenol. I don't, I don't take ibuprofen. I can't because I take another pain pill. But I bet you were feeling pretty good after that game on Saturday. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. That was a that was a good game. They're starting to do like I told you earlier. Jaylen Milrow is, and the way he's coming around, and the way this team's playing is more like what it was when um, Jaylen uh, was playing first started. He he was, you know, we won. You Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it wasn't all of that flashy, and it was just you can you can just see the maturity and the self confidence grow, uh, and it grows around him, not just him, but the other They're players. They're feeding too. off of it. Yeah, because we he doesn't have the supporting cast that Jalen had, especially at wide Actually, receiver, running back. The no running back and wide receiver, if I remember right, was a little bit better back then. Yeah, they. I, you got to remember. Those those wide receivers, Smitty and Waddle and and all of those guys, they they were freshmen the next year. Remember when we got Tua the following yeah. year? Yeah. Or was so, Tua already there? Tua was already there. He was. Tua was already yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I. So we had elite I, wide receivers there, but they just weren't getting the reps at the time until until they pulled Jalen and put in Tua. Right. And that difference of quarterbacks and, and styles and coaches and how they are. And I think I think you hit the nail on the head last week. They're they're starting to play his kind of a ball game. He's coming into his own and his confidence. You can just see that. You know, and I, I like his attitude. He, he's not cocky. He, you know. No. Nope. Uh, so that. And I think the, the other players around him pick up on that kind of stuff too. You know, oh, I think so this, too. And I, he was throwing the ball better Saturday. Yeah. You know, what open pass, open play was a long pass. You know. So, yeah, he wasn't overshooting his receivers by like four or five yards. I mean, he yeah. as the season's going on, he's getting better. Like you said, he's getting his confidence. And what I liked most about seeing him last week. And this past weekend is he when he is breaking to the side, he's looking down the field and he's waving off the players to and he's throwing the ball and not just tucking it down and running. When he is right. tucking it down and running, it's because the receivers are covered 
and the defense is giving him 15 yards, and he just takes it. Yeah, and so that's smart. That's smart quarterback play. Well, that's good coaching. Uh, Teaching them how to see the whole field and not just what's in front of him. Yeah, Uh, and it's also maturity. And I, you know, some people are talking about him being benched. I, I don't think the benching is what caused him to change so much as as he did some self-reflection, probably gave him some time to think about it. Personally, I don't call it benching. I think think the coaches – It was a lesson. There was a lesson there to be learned, and I think Saban wanted to see how he would react. Would he crumble and fall, or would he display, like you said, that maturity and accept what had happened but also see that there are consequences when you don't play your best game. You don't listen to what we've been teaching you this week, the game film, the preparation, when you don't do those things. But I also think they maybe simplified the playbook for him a little bit, which, again, gave him his confidence. He's not playing a simple game of football. I think they they eased it up and gave him his confidence. And, and you're seeing it right now, like you said. Yeah. Totally agree. I also think that message probably resonates throughout the rest of the team as well. You know, about overconfidence. I, you know, I need to play every play how I'm being coached to play and, and those kind of things rather than I got this, you know. So, and nope. what I You're what right. was really pleased about was there's no mental letdown. A lot of times there's a mental letdown when you. When the press, everybody talks about you're so much better than the other team and, and those kind of things. The real test is going to be Saturday when we play Chattanooga. Not so much from a physical skills point of view, but from a mental point of view. How serious they take it in the preparation. It, exactly. If they take that and prepare for that game, just like they did with Kentucky, we're going, we're going to be all right for us the year, I think. Now, whether we win the rest of the games or not, I, I don't know yet, but uh, I, I think they increased the Any of the fans want to criticize the defense, if you do, you're poor mouth in Kentucky because that's a good football club. And them 21 points they hung on us just shows how good of a team Kentucky is. Absolutely. It shows their mentality. They did not give up, even to no, the they last play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, I'm excited about Saturday, and we got some good seats, and uh, yeah, I get my sutures, get my sutures out tomorrow, so I'll be able to eat a little barbecue and some banana pudding. Sounds good. Wait, hey, Wait. before we move on out of college football, what do you think of uh, the news? On Sunday, out of uh, Aggie Land, I'm going to tell you, I, I wasn't surprised. I was surprised at how early it is. But I made some notes. I, I just, I'm really concerned about college football. You know, you got Jim Harbaugh and the stuff he's in, and he got suspended for big deal. So you can't go to the field on game day. That's nothing. You know, if he did all those kind of things and they they were able to prove it, there should be more to it. And Jim Fisher, 
He's got a Jimbo seven, seven Jimbo seven seven point five million dollar payout. Yep. What does that tell you about sports? Uh, winning is the most important thing than money. But he's not. But he's not winning. It's it's more about that's what I'm. That's what that seventy five million dollar payout is telling everybody is is we care more about winning because the seventy five million dollars that is due you, you're not that valuable because you're not getting the wins, which means they're losing money by keeping him on because they're not going to the CFP. They're not going to big bowl games, which means there's not no big TV dollars and there's no, no high school recruits are going to want to go there. None of the, uh, the skill players in the transfer portal are going to want to go there. And not only that, guess who's coming into the league next year, Texas. and I think that's why they I think that's why they pulled the string as quick as they did. because uh, they know next they, year they're, they're, they're trying to the salvage that recruiting class from next year. Yep. And I don't understand the next year we're not gonna have the two divisions in the SEC. I I, I haven't followed that too much. What's that all about? We don't um, let me still, check real quick. We're not having the east east and west or you know, two divisions like we're having now, they're adding those two teams. But but anyway, this money business just really concerns me. And that, and it's not just football. It's all sports. I, the NIL, the top 10 college players, most of them are quarterbacks. They're making 1.2, 1.3 to over $6 million a year in NIL. Now, that's, that doesn't mean they're getting all that money. But, and it is football, basketball, and women's uh, basketball is third and softball and stuff like that. It's just so much money getting involved in all that stuff. It just, it concerns me about the sport itself. So they're you're right. They're doing away with the two divisions. The top two teams will go to the conference championship game. Um, they're they're doing two home, two away. What did it say here? The twenty twenty four opponents will be determined on two factors: traditional opponents and the balance of schedule strength. The balance of the schedule strength was based on each school's conference winning percentage since the last expansion of the SEC in twenty twelve. Winning percentages for Oklahoma and Texas in the Big 12 since 2012 were included in determining the 16 position rankings. Each school's 2024 schedule will include four opponents, two home, two away. Um, and whose winning percentage ranked among the top eight since 2012. And each school's 2024 schedule will include four opponents, two home and two away, whose winning percentages ranked among the second eight conference winning percentages. Uh, no team will travel to the same location to which it traveled to last year, or which is this year. And it should be noted that when a long-term schedule format is determined, it may not be possible to structure a schedule that does not include some schools playing at the same location in back-to-back years in the first year of the new format. So it's looking like our schedule home next year is Auburn, Georgia, Missouri, South Carolina, on the road, LSU, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Vandy. It's like an old saying, the more things change, the more it stays the same, right? 
more stays the same. Yep. Yes, sir. Yeah. 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 yeah we're talking about this NIL. Arch Manning is, is the highest paid NIL guy in football. 2.9 million. He hadn't even played a game yet. And it's not sure if he's going to play I haven't seen him in a commercial. I haven't yeah. seen him in a commercial. I've seen uh, Dion and his son Shador in uh, a commercial. Caleb Williams. Yeah, yeah. he's um, he's in the Dr. Pepper commercial. Yeah. So uh, it's just it's, it's too much money getting into it. And, and I, I'm not sure it's going in the right direction. I, I, I think it could probably be served a lot better if, if it was more across the board with all of the athletes uh, versus just one or two. I understand. But, you know, most of these NIL athletes this year is um, quarterbacks. And I get that. I, I get the publicity. I, I, people want to watch that. It draws in crowds. So it's not just it, – it's just across the board. It's all about money. You know, True, but every player has an opportunity to make a little money. You know, if I'm if – I'm, let's just say I'm a tight end from East Texas somewhere, I can go back home and get somebody from my county or town or whatever, if I was, you know, a great football player from that area, and I can get, you know, maybe 500 here, 500 there from a, a football, I mean, from a car dealership or a restaurant or something to promote them. And that is. You, know, you that, don't have to get millions of dollars, but you can get some money, and that's the point. And instead yeah, of it, Here's not, the thing. Yeah. Instead of it being under the table now, it's on top of the table, the money that's right. being paid out. And that's true. What you're saying is is true because I forgot now something like uh, 24, 28, 30%, something like that, of all athletes are getting some portions of money. Yeah, not mm-hmm. just not the few, the 10, the 15 that you hear about, you know, something like that, but all, all athletes across the, across the board. I just. Yeah, you can go back to your hometown and. and- your state and try to where you came from and try to get a little bit of here and there. Every little bit helps. Yeah. But agents are the ones making real money, aren't they? They're making 15. Well, I don't think they can have agents. I don't think yes, they can they have do. agents. They can oh, have wow, agents. They can. Okay. Yes. And agents get 15 to 20% of their NIL deals. Now, of course, all that money does not always materialize you know, up front and and those kind of things, and I, that's okay. probably where. Well, I don't. I don't. It's just it's changed, and sometimes. Do you not? Do you not like the? Do you not like the nil deals? I'm not sure. I have mixed emotions. When I when it first came about, I was very much in favor of it, but the, the more I read and see about it, I'm not sure. How well is this being enforced across the board as far as it's, it's going to be just like sports betting if we're, if we're not careful, if we don't control it. NCAA is, is at some point in time probably going to be a thing in the past. Oh, yeah. You know, All they really do now is compliance anyway. Right. And I'm not really looking at Harbaugh. I'm not even sure if it's, if it's a compliance. Yeah, so or like it you should know, my be. My wife yeah. and I were talking about that. We were just talking about that about 
well, she she doesn't know too much about it, but she was like, does Harbaugh know what he was doing and not doing? And I'm like, as the head coach, how could he not know that one of his staff is going to all of these different games and recording their opposing team's side uh, signals? Like, is it just going to magically show up one day to the defense and the offense? Like, hey, do this or do that when you see this. Like, where does this come from? Like, how does Jim Harbaugh not know how how these shifts and stunts are going to affect the practice? Like, where did this information come from? Just like magic? Did the Easter Bunny just leave it? Like, or the two fairy under your bed? I mean, come on. The coach has to know what the hell happened. I didn't see that in the film that we had. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like you all know. of a sudden, your offensive and defensive coordinators are just freaking geniuses now. All of a sudden, like, yeah, oh, they should be. I, the I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, they should be the coaches, right? So, who do you think is going to replace Jimbo Fisher? Well, I know this year is um, um, My wife gave out a list of names. She, um, she, uh, the UTSA's coach was named, but they don't think that he's going to take it. Um, he would be a fool right now to take it. He needs to test the waters right now and get a little more consistency with UTSA before. And I don't think they would go after him for like $50, $60 million. Because oh, he no. hasn't. I... UTSA hadn't even won a bowl game in their career, Dad. So he's done a lot of great things. But is he ready for that Texas A&M level from UTSA? There's there's some stratification there. I hope A&M learns like Texas did. How much are they paying Sarkeesian? Eight million total for like a A two or three year contract. Yeah, Yeah. but you know what? Look what Sarkeesian did. Look what Lane Kiffin's name was floated. Yeah, and, yeah, Lane and, Kiffin's name was floated as well. And see that they're not making the salary that they signed Fisher. So I don't these like Texas Learn. Right? You know, you got to pay that money back some sort of way. I was listening to this guy last night from A and M. They're talking about the twelfth man. How many different organizations part of that are going to contribute into? And they weren't worried about the money. Well, I suspect you probably are a little bit. You know, and they're going to try to find somebody that. that Will come in and, and win, or hopefully win, but not spend forty, fifty million dollars to on a five-year contract or something like that. So I don't know. It's just, and I can't blame the coaches. I, you know, I, Jimbo is fifty-eight years old. Uh, he's worth about thirty million. Plus, he's got another sixty-seven or seventy-seven, whatever that number is, over the next few years. So. So right now on Fox Sports, they're saying Mike Elko from Duke, Jeff Trailer from UTSA, Mike Norvell from Florida State. Nah, he ain't leaving there. Dan Landy right. from Oregon, hell no, he ain't leaving Oregon. Lane Kiffin from Ole Miss, I think he's okay where he's at. He might be holding out for Alabama down the road. Yeah. Um, Kalen uh, De- DeBoer or DeBurr, I don't know how you pronounce his name, from Washington. Maybe, uh-huh. maybe. But then again, Washington aren't isn't aren't they going to the Big Ten? Yeah, Huskies. Yep. Uh, Jed then, Fisher from Arizona. That's that's somebody who might go. Yes. And 
and maybe Dan Campbell from the Detroit Lions. Those are the, the candidates right now. But right now, Dan Lanning, he ain't moving from Oregon. Hell no. Why would he leave? He's got a good thing going. And not only that, was it Nike that puts all that money into Oregon? Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. The guy from Duke, maybe. But I don't think Trailer would leave, and I don't think he's – I don't think he's ready for that spotlight, that white hot spotlight. Mike Norvell, come on, he ain't going. No, he's not leaving Florida State. Is that Shoot, no. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what kind of salary increases these guys get, and and right for so. I I think they earn those salary increases when you win, and and uh, and that they, they work hard, <laughs> they put a lot of time in. Yeah, you know, and that's what I just wonder what happened with with A and M because they have the talent, they have the good recruits. You know, they haven't they haven't not had any bad recruiting classes and stuff like that. So, but I to mean, me, they, they're competing. They're competing in a in a a very shallow pool of elite athletes. What I think their problem is, is they're not getting the coordinators, the caliber of the coordinator, because Ogeron, when he finally got in, I can't remember the offensive coordinator's name, when he had Joe Burrow, uh -huh. that's when you saw LSU jump up there, because the year before, they didn't have such a great year, and he changed coordinators. Well, and and got when Saban has good years, he's got good offensive and defensive coordinators. But I forgot the guy's name in, but they have a, a good coordinator at AM. Uh, the coach that he was a coach last but year. It's they too little, too late, I would say. Yeah. So. But I, I, I think they pulled the, pulled the plug when they did because of going of the SEC bringing in Texas and Oklahoma next year. And uh, and the, the, the recruiting classes that you know, yeah. they're worried about because I think they're yeah. anticipated to be the seventh ranked. Seventh highest yes. class, not the first Texas or second. Team. Now you got another Texas team that's, that's in the SEC that's recruiting, as well as a neighbor in Oklahoma. So, yeah, but not just not just Texas as an in-school team going to the SEC, but a Texas that beat Alabama at home, that is on the verge of getting into the CFP. Yep. So. You see what I'm saying? So if I was a young if I was a young prospect that has a choice and I've gotten offers from Texas A and A and M right now, there's more shine on UT than there is on A and M. I'm yep. just saying. Yeah, I agree. A lot more shine. Well, how do you think the rating is going to fall out tomorrow night? You think we'll move up any, or we're going to stay where we're at? Probably where we're at. I mean, there was no there was no losses, were there, out of the top? Sixteen. The only thing is Texas. Florida State won. Oregon won. Texas won. Ohio uh, State won. Michigan won. So if there's no movement, why should we move up? Yeah. But you look at the strength of schedule, though. You would think that strength of schedule, strength, strength of record. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Greg McElroy. We have the highest strength of schedule, strength of record of the one-loss teams, mm -hmm. but. Head-to-head, -head, Texas beat us, so Texas gets to stay ahead of us. I, I don't and disagree Oregon's with Oregon's been playing not, good ball. But I'm not sure. Oregon's Oregon. been playing good ball. 
Oregon done. They've got one loss, but who have they played? That's what. That's only where I have the difference. Uh, I think they, they Texas, played Utah. They played Utah. They played Washington. Yeah. They lost to Washington, but they lost to to a good Washington team. They played a very good um, Utah team. Um, didn't they play USC? But USC is in the middle of the road this year. The Heisman Trophy winner, he's not producing this year like he did last year. But yet he's still getting uh, quite a bit on this UIL money. Uh, NIL money. Yeah. He's $2.6 million. So anyway. Well, you know, I, you I just think, Dr. Pepper for that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, did, I just think. I agree with Texas being ahead of us. I just don't agree with Oregon being ahead of either one of us. And Texas moved ahead of Oregon, right, this week in the coaches' poll? I, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I don't care about the coaches' poll. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. really means nothing. You're, you're right. Let's see the standings. It if it ain't the AP or the CFP, it doesn't matter. Uh, rankings. Here we go. The CFP slash AP slash coaches poll. All right. So the top 25 AP, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, Washington, Oregon, Texas, Alabama. Same thing on the uh, the coaches poll. Coach, yeah, coach poll is all the same. I, I just... I just don't agree with Oregon being where they're at. Uh, Texas, I, I totally they got agree. Way with. more votes than us, too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll see. So anyway, why are you working from home today? Um. Well, at work, it's a uh, family day. The uh, my my wing decided to give um they had like two floating family days this year and they decided to give one to the to the military today and then there's going to be one in December i think the 15th so because of that um i had some stuff that i was able to do from from home so my boss let me telework today so i'm teleworking then i I, earlier, I was teleworking before we did our podcast. Right. But I did take a few hours off this morning because I had a doctor's appointment at pulmonology. I had to do that uh, spirometer test or whatever. We had to take a deep breath and blow really hard and then long right. and let all the air out. And Man, that's that's a chore. That's a lot of hard work. Yes, it is. <laughs> it can tire you out a little bit. Yeah, and you got- it, it can. Yeah. And but you got uh, along team. with that, I finally got some good news last week. It only took since February to finally get my VA rating for emphysema. I, I claimed sinusitis and rhinitis. They didn't give me the sinusitis, but they gave me the rhinitis, which is just an inflammation of the nose. Usually, yes. sinusitis is brought on by rhinitis. And I did some research because when I texted you Thursday when I found out that I got the emphysema, they tied it to um, uh, the CPAP, the uh, sleep apnea. Sleep apnea, yeah. So 
There's federal law in the VA that says if you have multiple breathing issues, they combine them together into one rating. And generally, they go after, of the two, which one is the most severe. Right. So with with sleep apnea, it's either 0, 50, or 100. You know, zero meaning you have it, but it's just not bad enough for you to need a CPAP machine. Right. 50 means you need a CPAP, and 100 is, is um, you know, you're going to die almost. And right. with emphysema, it's, it's 0, 10, 30, 60, or 100. So based on what I had read, obviously, I'm either at a 0, a 10, or a 30 on the rating which doesn't exceed the 50. Now, if and down the road, it goes up to 60, then it would, I don't know how they would differentiate. Maybe emphysema would be first emphysema with sleep apnea. I don't know. But if it's multiple breathing issues, they combine them into one rating and they take the highest of the two because that's the, that's the law. Right. Because And the reason for that is, is there's so much overlap with these breathing issues. Like having emphysema alone can cause you to get sleep apnea and need the CPAP machine. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Sleep apnea doesn't give me the emphysema. The emphysema can cause me to get sleep apnea. Exactly, because of the sleeping behaviors. You know, it it took you a while, but I was impressed that once you had your final exams, they they acted on it pretty quick. It came really quick after that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, all you veterans, be patient. Um, it's a process, and, and there's human beings involved in this thing, and they're pushing paperwork and whatnot. So if, if you have true concerns, don't take it out on the VA or the people doing your examinations. Talk to your Congress people. Talk to your senator. Talk to your members of the House of Representatives. Those are the people that can change the laws. The people at the VA are only following the law. So if you have frustrations, don't take it out on them. You can ask questions, but be patient with them. It's it's a process. And as soon as you start the process, it is retroactive from the day you file. Absolutely. So what organization helped you with your claims? Um, I use Texas Veteran. Um, I had signed up with them years before you and I had joined the DAV. But I would suggest that anybody who needs help join any of the veteran service organizations like DAV, VFW, American Legion, Purple Heart here in Texas, uh, Texas Vets. There's there's multiple organizations that can help you file your claim. I totally agree. You need to reach out to some veteran organization that will help you. And like you said, be patient. So if you had to give some advice, what would you say besides being patient? Tips about being patient? Or what, other than what being patient, what other, what other advice would you have? Keep yeah. good notes. Um, you have to, and this is just for life in general, you have to be a good advocate for yourself, for all things in life, for your health care, for your job, for your education, for your family. If you don't advocate for yourself, you can't expect or hope that somebody else will. Because as we say in the Army, hope isn't a plan. So if, if you advocate for yourself, keep notes, keep records of your visits. These are all things that will help strengthen your case. 
Absolutely. Is that what you were you, looking you, for? Yep, you got to take. You have got to take care of yourself. You got to tell them they don't know anything about you other than your name, age, and blah blah blah. And they read you what a little bit there, but you have to provide them with the information. And I think that's where a lot of veterans get uh, frustrated. One, they don't probably don't have good records, or they get in that mindset that well, it's not my responsibility. It is your responsibility too. Uh, so. Some, but some good advice. by the same by the same token, you may not have a lot of records, and here's why: if you've deployed to Iraq or Afghanistan or been on board a ship, the chances of you having records of your visits to the doctor probably slim to none. That's one. Two, the way to remedy that is through buddy statements or lay statements. Your friends sure. who you were deployed with can write statements on your behalf. Uh, your your family members can write statements on your behalf. But more importantly, and this is a trend that I had noticed while I was on active duty, and I tell all of the active duty people that I work with, especially as you move up in rank, a lot of people put their health care, their pain and suffering on the back burner rather than go to the doctor and get seen and treated for their illnesses and ailments. Why? Because of the perception that your boss will have upon you. Oh. Hey, where's Corbett at? Oh, he's at the doctor's office. He's on sick call. He's getting physical therapy. Then pretty soon you get that reputation. Oh, we'll skip Corbett. He's always out at the doctor. Let's go get, you know, Smith. He's he's always here. So military members usually put off their health care because of that perception about going to be seen at the doctor. So when you go to file your claim, the VA looks and goes, uh, you're claiming uh, low back pain. Well, you only went to the to sick call twice for your low back pain, and they give you nothing for service connection because it. Well, you only went twice. It's not like a recurring problem. Well, exactly. maybe you had it for all your twenty years, but it was only so bad that you couldn't take it those two times, and you went to get seen, and then you didn't follow up with it. So advocate for yourself. If you're sick, if you're hurt while you're on active duty, go get seen, go get treated. That that that's a, that's also what I would say. Be, be an advocate for yourself. I I don't I tell every active duty veteran that I see, get it documented. You need to take care of yourself. So if you don't, who else will? Absolutely. You, you join up at a hundred percent healthy. And you come out broken. Absolutely. Well said. Uh-oh. We're, well, shoot, man. We're over 30 minutes, and I didn't even get a chance to talk about Worst Fest on Thursday, my Friday night concert. Uh, shoot. I guess we'll have to, for the next time. I, so I guess Friday or Saturday or Sunday, whenever we talk from uh, – from Tuscaloosa, we'll talk a little bit about Worst Fest and, and your concert. I guess if we, if we even remember about Worst Fest. Yeah, so before we started, we're flying out Friday, the game Saturday, flying back Sunday. So by after the game, we'll try to record our podcast before we go out and get some dinner on Saturday night. Yeah, we got to get the dreamland at least one time, maybe twice. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gotta gotta go so, get hey, gotta get that banana pudding, right? 
that guy gets some banana foot. Oh man, that stuff's good. Hey, guess what's going on next uh, week? Thanksgiving. We're gonna fit the blue bonnet. Yep, to the Blue yes. Bonnet Cafe, pick up them pies. And Kaylee's coming down too, right? Yep, Kaylee, Peter, and the grandkids are coming down next week as well. Are they going to be here Thanksgiving or after on the weekend? Yeah, they'll be over Thanksgiving. Oh, or Thanksgiving. Nice. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, Peter, Peter may join us on Wednesday morning on our road okay. trip. Okay. All righty. All right. We'll see you Friday for sure. Hey. If not sooner. Yeah, Friday. Friday for sure. So, hey, this is the Two Old Farts podcast. Uh, thank you all for 3,000 and then some all-time downloads. Uh, you can make sure if you like us, you hit subscribe. You follow us on all the social medias. The Two Old Farts are on Instagram, Twitter, uh, the webpage. Podbean, you can find us. You can find us on Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, anywhere podcasts can be found. Player FM, Deezer, Stitcher. Just type in the two old farts and we will show up. And make sure you like us and subscribe. Sounds good. You have a good week. All right. You too. Talk to you next week. See you on Friday. All right. Love you guys. Love all you guys out there. Give us a call. Shout out to us. Yeah, thank you. Love you all. Love you, Dad. All right, son. Love you too. Bye. All right, bye.